Jack O'Connor said, don't ever read a paper. You're kind of thinking, why did he say that? Or what did he mean by that? Or does he rate him higher than me? It opens up something that you do not want opened. The only thing intercounty players should be looking at or listening to is the football podcast. <laughs> Wherever you get your podcasts. The Koi Gig Pod on OTB Sports in association with Cadbury. A player and a half deserves a glass and a half of support. Top pocket goal! It's what dreams are made of. They are going to the World Cup Finals! Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Koi Gig Podcast. I am Kathleen McNamee and I am joined by Farmer Ireland Internationals, Emma Byrne, and our P-Mount captain as well, Karen Duggan. Now we're coming to you a little bit later than usual as we wanted to make sure we could talk to you all about the Champions League semi-final between Arsenal and Wolfsburg that was on Monday evening. Uh a painful affair. It was a good thing we decided not to record after the podcast on the night because that would have left us very late. A bittersweet one for the Gunners with a record-breaking crowd and, of course, all the fun beforehand with uh, Leah Williamson pulling points in the Tollington and all the good form that was going on and then only for it to be scuppered by that last-minute Wolfsburg goal in extra time. Uh, Emma, I suppose, as our <laughs> resident former Arsenal player, what are you feeling having had a bit of time to digest the result? Just very sad, to be quite honest. I'm absolutely gutted for them. You know, they played so well. They were the better team. They played like out of their skins. They really deserved it, I think, personally, non-biased. Um, and it was just horrible. Horrible way to go out as well. A mistake, like a really bad mistake from a young player. Um, and I really felt like they were going to win it. I really did. So just so sad. So sad. I would have been absolutely buzzing to see a Barca-Arsenal final. That would have just been perfect because you've got two teams with a massive fan base and two, for me, two of the best teams left in the competition. And I just think just for women's football in general, it would have been a fantastic spectacle to see an absolutely packed out crowd. But it wasn't a big, unfortunately. But very sad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I past. feel like I slightly cursed it. I, I started getting hopeful and looking at flights to Einhoven on my phone. And I was like, maybe, maybe it'll happen. It's your Although, fault. Uh, if you you're not supposed it, to do it, that. I take full responsibility. <laughs> I actually had a little bit of hope in my heart and it all was absolutely scuppered by the end of it. Um, but yeah, no, exactly what you're saying. Like it just felt everything about the night felt right. And then of all players as well, for it to be Lot Wimoy, who has such a connection to the club and such a tie to Arsenal and does so many things in the like local community, for her to be the one that gives away a mistake like that, you're just like, oh no, this is literally... It was the perfectly written heartbreak for the night when it happened. Um, but we will, of course, we will do like a proper deep dive into the game a little bit later on when we're doing our analysis. Um, but before we do that, we will also have Emma's team of the week. She is back in flying form this week to deliver it so I don't have to stand up and pretend to be the great Emma Carroll. Uh, and we also have lots of stuff happening domestically. So today we had our first ever draw in the Na- League of Nations, which I'm I'm still waiting to actually work out if I can describe to anyone. Um, but before that, we had some action over the weekend as well. So Karen, give us your oh. weekly thoughts. Weekly thoughts on how... <laughs> 
your weekend went. No thoughts, just tears. <laughs> I know. Um, look, I think everyone kind of was paying attention to us playing against Rovers because at the start of the season, people thought that they had basically pillaged us to death and that we wouldn't have a team. Um, they actually took more players from Shells than Piemont. So, but I think it's because obviously Piemont's a smaller club and it was kind of like, where are we going to go? Um, and we played really well, uh, particularly in the second half. Probably deserved to win, only I bottled it. So, <laughs> you said nothing, yeah. So, I'm but- sorry, I shouldn't be laughing. I'm just, uh, no, it's not funny at all. Like, well, I'd love um, Thanks, Emma, yeah. <laughs> that seems that sounded very sincere. <laughs> it brings me back to our conversation when I initially heard you were on penalties. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. You're really you get, Do you know what? You yeah. just get back up on that saddle and you take the you better take the next one. Not a hope. I'm traumatized. <laughs> Absolutely traumatized. 89th minute. Passed it back to her. No, I still, don't. I still love the way you say they te- they took players from you. I mean, this is what happens in football. It's like the local community team. It is. That's what it is. <laughs> no, I'm saying it's not a big deal. It's it was like made a bigger deal than we thought. Like we still have a really good squad. Um, it was actually a really good game, to be honest. It was it was good and. Obviously, with Wexford winning against Shelburne, that was a bit of a shock considering they'd lost three on the trot. So that was like a really, really big result. Like Wexford is such a hard place to go. Um, So that's good for them. Kind of puts them back on track because it's good to have more competition. It would be weird if Wexford weren't involved given how influential they've been over the last few years. Um, And it's also great to see Shelburne. So, you know... (laughs) At least that cheered up your weekend slightly. No, nothing cheered up. Whatever happened. You can hear from my Uh, voice that nothing cheered up my weekend. (laughs) (laughs) I tried everything. It didn't work. That's just the general bank holiday growl. Like, I feel like I'm in the... I think all of us are a bit growly after the weekend, so I don't think there's any judgment yeah, there. Yeah, we had um, training last night, and I have to say that the pace out of about 50% of us was noticeably lower than usual. <laughs> oh, look, it has to be done. Could uh, be worse. Well, Surely it's like something like a quarter of the way through the season now to actually mark it with something proper. It's totally fine. Um, And then besides that, obviously, we have the draw today, which saw us very planted in League B, even though with the current rankings, we maybe should be a little higher. But anyways, uh, we were drawn against Northern Ireland, Hungary and Albania, which... I won't lie, when I saw some of the groups that were pulled together in Ligue A, particularly the England group with Netherlands, Scotland and Belgium, I was just like, yeah, okay, maybe it's not the worst thing in the world to be in League B and actually be a competitive team and maybe go on a bit of a run. I don't know how either of you guys felt when you saw the draw come out. I mean, it just reminds me of when we were trying to qualify for the next year. It's just... I don't like it. I want to be up there in Group A. I don't care who we get. We should be up there competing against them. And it's like the Cyprus Cup. Remember, Carol, when we go Cyprus Cup and we'd be in the the Group B and we'd be like, (laughs) it's basically, 
it's it's just one of those things that you're trying to get into the next group and it's just you're just playing games just to get there so for me it's a little bit disappointing to be in that um, and I know the girls will be there but you know as you said we're going to win that group and then get promoted hopefully but just don't want to be down there especially when you look at the likes of Wales and that up there in Scotland like we're we're better than those teams yeah. so it's just it's a little bit you know another disappointing thing today <laughs> So, uh, yeah. The only thing I would say is that perhaps after the World Cup, we might see a couple of retirements and stuff. So maybe this is a good chance to blood new players. Like, we're not going to do it during the World Cup. It means too risky, but we should still be beating these teams with whatever panel we have. So it's it's a chance to build and bring in more people, I think. It's the only book okay. take. I'm trying to put yeah. a positive spin on things. You're retired. I thought players. I was just going to go straight to like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't believe it at all. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, I think kind of what you were saying, like I was thinking of the team that are probably going to be playing these games when they start, like in the autumn. And it is going to be a very transitionary time from what I've heard for the team. So as you say, it might not be the worst thing in the world, just sort of like players who are coming in and not necessarily be like, oh, we've qualified for the World Cup, however that goes. Now we're just going to get absolutely hammered in every yeah. single game that we play in a league that we probably could have competed in six months ago. So I don't know, from that side of things. No, I'm not having it. We want to kick on. We want to kick on. Can't look back. We can literally not go back. We have to keep going forward. And if, there might be some players retiring, but for me, players, I mean, it's a very young team, isn't it? We should be pushing on from there. But they will. They'll qualify from that group. So it's all good. And that's what we want is forward qualification. Um, and then the final bit of news that just broke just before we were um, starting to record is that Fran Kirby is out for the rest of the season and is also going to miss the World Cup um, with shock horror and knee injury. Who would have thought it? It's the only injury going in women's football these days. Um, Darren, how big of a miss is Fran going to be for, well, Chelsea in the run-in? I don't think anyone really expected her to come back before the end of the season, but I suppose England for their World Cup, who, like, their players are dropping very quickly. Yeah, and I think it's that. It's like another psychological blow as well. Obviously, she's really talented and Wiegmann has been pretty loyal to her um, and she's probably paid her back. And yeah, it's just it's another blow for England. I, off the back of the Euros, when they, they nearly could have gone in favourites. I, I don't see it now at all. Um, I think... The likes of Spain will probably beat them now. Spain kind of went through that with the Euros with their injuries. It's yeah. I it's, think it's, it's massive. Kind of yeah, I think it's massive, especially because I don't think uh, uh, Elatoon is playing great. So didn't play well this weekend anyway. No. no, I just haven't seen great things from her of late, and maybe she'll kick on because she is a good player. But um, it's a strange one, really, with with Fran. I I was talking to her last week at the game, and I was like. You know, as I do, right <laughs> into your business. What's going on with you? Why aren't you playing? Um, I was like, "What's the story? Like, uh, you're gonna? What's wrong? Like, we haven't really heard anything." And it was just that they still hadn't decided. Then that was a week ago. Like what they were doing, and I was like, "But Jesus, you nearly want to be making that decision, wouldn't you? Because if you're going to get an operation, like you'd 
you'd want to have done that, surely. Mm. So, um, and it was that kind of thing, wasn't sure. But I just found it strange. Like they have a massive medical team there at Chelsea. I don't know the ins and outs, so I can't really say what was going on. But uh, to have waited this long, they must have thought she didn't need the operation. They must have been more hopeful that she didn't need it because if there was a a 50-50, I think they would have got it done before that. But as I said, don't know the ins and outs properly, but it is unfortunate for her. Um, and for England, I think it's massive because they really need that link up from defence to attack. Um, and as I said, Ella Toon's the other person that can do that. But at the moment, she uh, wouldn't be firing from all cylinders, so to speak. No. Yeah. From her statement, it kind of implies that she thought she would be able to get back without having the surgery. She just said, I've been trying my best to not have to undergo this, but unfortunately my progress has been limited due to the issue in my knee and I will require surgery. So yeah, kind of strikes me as like a bit like Marcus Rashford before when he kind of needed that surgery and then came back on absolutely flying form the following season. And you're like, oh, maybe you know, the following season is after the World Cup. Like it's heartbreaking. Like it really is. Yeah, especially for a player like Kirby who has already been through so much injury-wise and also quite unusual injuries for a football player and just general illness and stuff, it would have been great to see her there. But unfortunately not to be. Uh, And hopefully, though, they'll get her on, I don't know, ITV commentary or something. And we can at least hear her magical insight throughout the tournament rather than actually being able to see her on the pitch. And interesting to see what Wiegmann does in general just because... She was very strict with the squad that she liked to play during the Euros and already that has been put under quite a bit of pressure with the injuries and the players who are yet to come back and we don't know the full length of their timeout. So yeah, it's gonna everything's heating up, it's getting all excited. Um the Coigate Pod on OTB Sports is sponsored by Cabri FC, official snack partner to the Republic of Ireland women's national team. Coming up next, we have Emma Carroll with her team of the week. Now we are back with Emma Carroll, who has returned and thankfully taken any weight off me trying to argue about why players should be in certain positions off me, which I'm very, very grateful for. Emma, lovely to have you back. How are you doing? How are you feeling? I'm all right. I can speak again. So, you know, that helps. <laughs> um, for a podcast, you know, it's like... For a podcast, it does help yeah. to be able to speak. Um. um Bit of Leicester representation in there this week. We've got Leipzig in goal, Nevin at the back with Houghton, Bagier, Hemp, Nobbs, Connolly, Kane, and then a front three of England, Shaw and Daly. Who attacking? I think it's kind of funny because I feel like the front three is very classic team of the week and then the rest of the team is kind of like scattered of players who are in there sometimes and then other players who aren't in there all that often, which probably shows A, the fact that Chelsea and Arsenal were playing in the Champions League this weekend and also how impressive Leicester's performance was and those teams battling relegation. Yeah, Liverpool were very poor but Leicester were excellent. Leicester were so good. Mm -hmm. They're so impressive. I I feel like I'm so happy for them. I am. They're actually a really good team, like like really young players. Um, And I mean, it's all about Leipzig, isn't it? The goalkeeper, let's be honest. She made some incredible saves. Um, Totally agree with that one. And then Kane was very, very good as well. I thought Ruby Mace was very good in in midfield as well. But um, obviously I'm not going to deny 
Connolly in there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, really happy for Leicester because they deserve to stay in the league. Jesus, it's, it's gone mad down there. Madness. <laughs> It's crazy at the bottom of the table and it's crazy at the top. It's the first season, I said it before, the first season that this has uh, really happened, like right till the end of the season. There's only about three teams that like have nothing really to play for. Everybody else is kind of fighting for something, which makes it really exciting. Yeah. I'm glad to see Houghton in there as well. We spoke about this last week as well. And I mean, has to go to the World Cup. (laughs) After scoring the free kick as well. I mean, she's just doing everything right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She's just doing everything right. Yeah. Yeah, that's all she can do, isn't it, really? Yeah. Just keep playing how she's playing and then wait and see. Mai had a great game in the Champions League, but she's so young to go to a World Cup, you know, that maybe you need that experience. The mistake killed her. I mean, the mistake absolutely destroyed. Everyone keeps saying what a great performance she had. And I I know what they're saying, but you give away a goal that your team does not get to a final. You can't really talk about having a great game. Um, anyway, we're not going to talk about that that much because <laughs> Bajé is in there. And yeah. she totally deserved it as well. But I just don't understand how United's whole team play is not trying to get out through her. They just don't play her enough. Like that's it why they struggle. So much joy. Like so much so good. So good, like her one-on-one, she literally was destroying them, leaving for dust. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Karen has just one. gone into the dark. Karen has just gone into the darkness. But yeah, um, she's she's the one that kind of makes United's play exciting. Um, and yeah, I agree. They need to get her on the ball as much as possible while we still can, because I think she'll be gone soon. The assist as well. Me too. Just, what a pass. Me too. Oh. She's out of there. <laughs> um, if they win the league, Emma. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. She's already gone. So use her while use her while you can. Yeah. And then yeah, just I think the rest of the team kind of picked itself, didn't it? Especially the forward line. Shaw is just incredible. Um and then daily, her goals are just pure quality. Her movement in the box is I I I think she's a better finisher than Russo. Um, I think she, for me, she'd probably get the nod for England if they can afford to play her there. Absolutely. Um, she should have had a hat-trick as well. How she and the way she just loses her players so easily in box. Like She wasn't against bad centre-backs, you know. Um, they yeah. just, her movement is brilliant. Um, and her finishing was brilliant. The header finishing. Was brilliant. Like she doesn't, she shouldn't be finishing from some of those angles no. and she just gets on the end of them and she's just such a clever player. Russo's class as well, but I, I absolutely agree. I think I'd play her instead of Russo just because she creates, she she just gets on the end of stuff that aren't great balls. So Yeah, I think Russo is brilliant if you're doing like a pressing game and you need someone pounding the full back line. But if you're going to have the ball a lot and you've got class wingers, I think that daily in the box is just that little bit more clinical. Mm-hmm. Do you think as well the fact that like Vigman played Russo as kind of a impact substitute and I'm not I'm sure she probably wasn't all that happy with that role last year, but also she did do it very, very well. Is that the sort of role that she where like daily almost slips into Ellen White's role and then 
Russo continues on and comes on in the like 60th, 70th minute and gets her goal or two, either if England need it or just to push them on a little bit more. I'm sure that wasn't the plan, but Daly's had such a good season that she's kind of forced her way into that equation. Yeah, like she was quality over in America as well. But, you know, Vigman was adamant she was going in at left back and she did a job. She was, you know, she was okay. But she's quality as a number nine. Like she's just so good. Um, it's going to be difficult to choose between them both. But as you said, I think Russo does really well when she comes on as an impact player. As teams start to to get a little bit tired, she's really sharp when she comes on in that area. So, I mean, you wouldn't mind having that problem. Yeah, it's you? not a, it's not a bad problem to have. Yeah, and like no even mention of Beth England there, who's like in good scoring form as well. Who's struggling to make the squad as well it's it's a bit of a strange one that as well if you ask me it's a little bit strange that she's not getting the nod I mean any player like Nobs who leaves a club where they're quite comfortable they're in a big team they're going to play Champions League uh, to go and get minutes they have to be considered like they have to be in strong consideration for getting selected and if they're playing well then even more of a bonus she's scoring in a team that's not playing well which is also I thought it was bizarre that she got taken off as well when she was on a hat-trick and she was probably Spurs' main goal threat to actually get the full three points from that game as well. It was a bit of an odd decision. Yeah, I don't think they could afford... I don't think they can afford to take her off, really. Unless she had a niggle or something, not quite sure. But yeah, very good. Very strong. Was there any players, Emma, that you thought maybe deserved a shout that were just on the very edge that didn't quite make it? Um, Lucy Stanford as well was quite good. Her delivery was excellent. Yeah, but she, she let the player go for a goal. Yeah, so no. that's why she didn't get in my team. <laughs> so, so no. Had that not have happened. <laughs> she probably would have been Edna in there. I thought Morgan did quite well for City. She does well. She's She seems to be getting better and better. Um... From that, not really, to be honest. I think mm-hmm. it was a really good selection from him. I totally agree with you. Um, I, I, again, I thought Ruby Mace did really well for Leicester. Um, I thought Hannah Blundell did quite well, but no, I would that, that that team was decent. Quite like that. Connolly did well. She came into the game a lot. Game, yeah. So yeah. was captain as well on the day. So. She was really late. And Brighton are going to need that as well. And her delivery as well was excellent. Every oh, single ball she gave was brilliant. What's going to happen down there? I mean, I don't even know who I'm more excited to watch. Like the teams at the bottom or the teams at the top? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the fun part of having an actual table that's competitive like this. It means that coming in, we're not just automatically writing Leicester off as a we were earlier on in the season. So Lester, we do apologize to you for that because you've proven us all wrong. Emma, thank you very much for joining us. And we look forward to the next edition of your team of the week. Thank you. Now, as we have alluded to at various points during the podcast, it was a very exciting week in the WSL, especially in those relegation spots where uh, we don't really know who's going to go up and who's going to go and stay in the league because it's just been a bit chaotic, especially that Leicester City for Liverpool nil result. But before we get to that, I do want to just quickly go back to the Champions League and that game with Arsenal and do a bit more of a 
we can remove ourselves from the pain, Emma, and look at it with like cold eyes of a tactical analysis rather than the general heartbreak, uh, which was last night and me very silly looking up flights to Eindhoven thinking we were actually going to do it. <laughs> um, I think you were quite right in what you said earlier that like for large portions, Arsenal were the better team and that final goal to give it away was just... It was one of those moments where it's uh, heads, you just feel like so a person's head has just totally gone out of the match and they're already looking ahead and not in the moment focusing on what's going on and keeping an eye around them. I did think the Wolves were, were going to come back a bit stronger than the first leg just because of the players that they had returning, you know, the likes of Alex Pop, who kept Yule's brand out, who then ended up actually getting the goal and who arguably probably could have come on a little bit sooner, I thought, for... Wolfsburg if they did want to be competitive um, but I don't know thoughts as someone who didn't support either side how you thought the game went down I was at training I didn't see it <laughs> <laughs> I only saw the highlights and all the devastation and tears when I came home and I was like hmm, that made me feel better about myself <laughs> um, but it was, um, yeah, it was, it was obviously really tough to, to see someone make a mistake like that and for that to be the big talking point after a performance. Um, from the highlights, what I saw, again, another positive we can take is that Katie is not intimidated by any type of stage. Um, she just kind of sets the tone for them and the positive play and playing with confidence. So, and Blackstenius um, coming up Trump so I'm always a little bit happy for her for some reason I feel like she works really hard and um, probably got a bit of stick when she first joined Arsenal for not being Vivian Miedema basically um, <laughs> but yeah no I'll leave you to do the in-depth analysis and I was so surprised they took her off so early because I felt like at the time she was one of the few proper threats that we had going forward like she had the on the net twice was it and twice offside she did an interview though and said she had a niggle in her okay ring, I think because yeah it, that's what the people I was talking to were saying that, that she looked like she was actually really firing mm. so. yeah I mean I thought Arsenal looked like the better footballing team but then I think once it went into extra time Wolfsburg did look a little bit stronger they looked like they had just that little bit more energy um, but to be quite on Monum in midfield the balls she was putting through were just crazy like she's such a player and her and Velti play very well together and I just think in general Arsenal could have gone on to do it if they just had that a little bit of a better bench, to be quite honest. Um, and the thing is, like, they also don't have the same experience as Wolfsburg in these games. Like, Wolfsburg are relentless. Mm-hmm. You know, all the German teams are. Um, but to just to get to give away a goal like that at that moment, I mean, that's just it's complete devastation. And, and you know. Uh, the player, Lotta Moy will need a lot, her teammates around her to pick her up from that because it's a massive thing. And it's something that she's not going to forget for a very, very long time, unfortunately. Um, but it's the experience as well as the goals. I'd be disappointed with um, the goals that Arsenal conceded, you know, just following the ball, little things that in Champions League, 
will you, you can see goals you can all follow the ball you have to be aware of the players around you like and it just Wolfsburg are just clever at that the ball goes in someone peels off and that's what you have to you know that's what the experience they're going to gain from is little mistakes like that um, but to be quite honest the way the league's going they might have had to have gotten in and win win this to get into Champions League next season which for me is a crazy idea that Arsenal might not be in the Champions League next season so um, yeah really just it's just really sad for, for Arsenal because I felt like everything was right for them and as you said to Kathleen earlier that it just felt like the right time the right moment amazing crowd in the Emirates and uh, I'm not sure what the whole Leah Williamson pulling pines things all about but however <laughs> not sure what the idea is um, just it's just a just a shame. Probably just a bit, bit too nervous before the game and just needed something to do. So she just decided to head down to the Tollington and pour a few pints. Yeah, as you do, as you do. I mean, as maybe as you do with some players. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just a shame because yeah. Wolfsburg for me, they don't they don't excite me. They don't really excite me as a, as a team and as how they play. Whereas I think Arsenal could have challenged Barca a little bit more just in the style of play. Mm. You talk about like the two sides bench, like the players that Wolfsburg were able to bring on, you know, a lot of them kind of well-established Germany internationals through the ages, you know, when you're chucking yeah, on and Wasmuth, Bremer came on and was like crucial to the goal. Doesn't even have a contract with Wolfsburg. Like they're letting her go at the end of the season. So it's yeah. mad. And then you get, like Arsenal's, it's cool and it's like Rinch who came on and had to go off again because what looked like a suspected ACL not confirmed yeah. Hertig is probably the most recognisable name on that list uh, Aggie Mang who I don't even think has played for Arsenal this season in any of like the big games or even not the big games she got on in the league at the start of the of the season yeah. but um, Champions League is a different beast. I've said it before. Like, it's just completely different. Than, not completely, but it is different than the league. You need to have experience in the Champions League. It's extremely competitive. You cannot make a mistake. You cannot give the ball away. Um, and, and you know, even against Wolfsburg, Wolfsburg for me are not a great team. You know, they're not even a great team. But in Champions League in general, you can't afford those mistakes. And also you have, to, I mean, they've, Arsenal have lost so many players. Like you think about it, if they had the players on on the pitch that they could have had without injury, they would have beaten Wolfsburg. And I think they would have beaten Wolfsburg very, very easily. So it's, for me, it's just a shame that they got that far and they fought so hard. Um, mm. And, you know, in the end... It went. It came down to mistakes and probably Arsenal looking a bit leggy. They've also had a crazy run up to this game, like it's so intense. Mm. The league is so intense for them. So you know, I was genuinely surprised they didn't fall off more in extra time. Like I know they definitely did look more tired than Wolfsburg, but I really thought players were going to start collapsing on the pitch with like just general exhaustion because of how much game time we've been asking like the big players like you're like if Steph Catley came back from injury and played 120 minutes <laughs> you know that's not yeah. normal for a player yeah I mean it is extremely tough it's really tough for them and we talk about injuries and stuff um, and you know you're talking about international games as well which has been fairly mm-hmm. packed out this this year 
Um, but, you know, you can say the same for Wolfsburg. But I just feel like Wolfsburg have the bench that maybe they can, they have rotated more than Arsenal. That's for sure. Um, and I think it showed in the last few minutes. But again, if it went to penalties, I, I kind of fancied Wolfsburg as well. Like, you know, the Germans don't miss penalties either. Sorry, Karen, we're bringing up penalties. All right, Chris, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> We can call you back oh, in two yeah. minutes if you want. Yeah, that'd be great. I'll just have a quick cry <laughs> over here. But it's more experience for Arsenal. You nobody expects them to do this well, especially with you know going back to the injuries and you know how they are in the league and the fact that they might not even make Champions League. They can be very proud of themselves for sure. No team will want to play Arsenal in the Champions League. That's for sure. Yeah, well, I don't think I saw a single Arsenal supporter yesterday. Like, there was a lot of disappointment, obviously, but I think the resounding thing was people just being like, we actually did a lot better than expected and we're proud of the team for pulling it out of the bag. And it was obvious that everyone was leaving it out there. Like, I didn't look at any of the performances and think, oh, you've given up. Like, it was a very thorough performance from all involved. Um um, there are performances, Leicester for Liverpool, nil in the WSL. I mean, we've mentioned it a couple of times throughout the podcast so far. Leicester having a renaissance of sorts. And I think everyone is pretty happy to see it because they are a team who has invested in their structures and in the squad and in what they're trying to build there. So you wouldn't be mad to see them stay up, I suppose. You know, I'd love, I'd love if they stayed up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I like Compared to watching Reading, just the way that they approached the game, they were kind of... They were brave, like they were, when they were attacking, they were attacking in four or five, you know, they were getting numbers up there, putting Liverpool under all sorts of pressure. Um, and they couldn't kind of deal with the pace and the positive play that Leicester brought to the game. And what was looking like an easy three points for Arsenal coming back from that Champions League disappointment on Friday now might be a potential difficult game because of the contrasting kind of emotions that both sides are feeling like Leicester starting to feel like they can really do something. And Arsenal obviously very conscious of how many games they've played and how many games they kind of still have to play to creep into that Champions League spot. So it's not going to be an easy one for Arsenal um, by any means. And since Leicester appointed that manager, I think he's just spread a confidence into his players. That's really good to see. They're good to watch. They're better to watch than the teams around them in the league. So. Totally, yeah. I mean, they just play with energy. They're a young team. You can, mm. they just look like a young team. Yeah. They look like they're just not a care in the world. They're just going out. They're just, you know, pushing forward. I think the midfield were excellent. Liverpool's midfield were poor, oh, awful, non-existent. Really poor. Yeah, I'm not sure how you know if it was how they were set up or just the fact that they. Just it was like when they back. lost the ball, they couldn't get back with Leicester, and I don't know if it was Leicester's pace or Liverpool's lack of energy. But Nagano, yeah. Nagano just seemed—I I don't know whether she was told to play like a number ten, but she just was always way ahead of the ball, and there was nobody recovering for her. Obviously, and it's then, a big pitch in the King Power, but I mean, you should be relishing playing on grounds like that. Yeah, it's great no, that Leicester weren't intimidated by that, you know. Yeah, I thought they were great. And yeah, I really, I do hope they, they stay up. But then I don't really want anyone to go down. I, I don't want Reading to go down because they're a team and club that have always been in the league and they've always had to fight. Like they've never had a big budget. So I know they've had to fight. But then again, you look at that and think, why aren't they 
yeah. being supported? Why aren't they being invested in? Um, and I love Brighton. Obviously, it was my last club. Yeah. I think they're a brilliant club. They've got really good people around the club and they've great support. So I want to see them stay up. So I guess what I am saying is... <laughs> <laughs> Let's all get along and not have any relegations. <laughs> You're in the Daniel Levy uh, group of thought of just having it as a standalone league with no promotion, no relegation. Everyone just stays where they are. I do think I do think we need to add teams to it. I do actually. So I don't think there should be relegation. But anyway, um, yeah. I'm only being sarcastic. I know you said before that like you do agree with the promotion up from the championship. Speaking of Liverpool, there was a bit of injury news out of them today, just in terms of the Irish contingent. So Nifahi and Leanne Kiernan both back in training, but won't be available for tomorrow's well Wednesday's game at Chelsea. And then Megan Campbell could potentially be ready for the game on Sunday against Man City. So some hopefully positive news from an Irish perspective um, in terms of getting all those legs back on the pitch. You mentioned Brighton there, Emma, 2-2 against Tottenham. Um, Well, I mean, Brighton were 2-1 up for most of it and then Beth England came in the 78th minute and got that equalising goal. Probably the only person kind of keeping Spurs relatively in it at the moment. Yeah, I mean, two very similar teams, really, really similar teams. I think the main difference were the player, like those individual players, Bethany, England, and then for Brighton, I think Katie Robinson was excellent for them. Um, But yeah, I mean, Brighton should be a little bit disappointed. They went 2-1 up and then they, they conceded late. So, um, but in general, I think there it was a fair result for both Um you know, it was just one of those games I was expecting a draw from both of these games mm-hmm. and just some good individual play um, from England and Robinson, basically. Yeah, it wasn't a match I was particularly looking forward to, you know, that kind of play. <laughs> it was just kind of one of those ones where I go. <laughs> I was going to say, because like, you look at the results and considering where the teams are, it probably should have been more exciting than it actually was, but both teams are just like a little bit difficult to watch this season. And you're almost half expecting someone to make some outrageous mistake rather than it to be like Leicester slamming Liverpool for four and like actually doing something genuinely impressive. Um, In terms of the Manchester teams, Karen, can United at some stage just calm down with these like 93rd minute goals where it looks like they're getting a draw and then all of a sudden they grab that winner out of nowhere because it's not good for my heart right honestly like half, half the reason for my voice is actually from shouting at the telly on Friday night <laughs> it was such a good game like I thought it had it all like some of the goals were brilliant we mentioned daily earlier I think she's phenomenal um United were a little bit off the pace, but they kept grinding their way back into the game. Um, and who doesn't love a last-minute winner from a substituted centre-back? <laughs> like when he when Mark Skinner took off the three forwards, I was like, God, that's a bit much. And then when he changed centre-back, I was like, God, he is clutching here. And then she absolutely... It was a great header as well. Great. What a substitute. What a I substitute. mean, who who take who brings on the center rack like well, unless you've got Louise Quinn like or something yeah. like that. Um but I still don't I don't know. I struggle. I struggle with Unite. I struggle to see them as a league winning team. They're not convincing me at all. They're not, but they're exciting, Emma, and that's <laughs> all we care about. They're giving us something to talk about here. <laughs> I thought this was 
a big potential banana skin for them. Um, and I think you could kind of, obviously, notwithstanding the last minute winner, I think you could see a lot of relief um, on their faces when they, they finish that game because Aston Villa are a good team. Like we talked about Daly Daly an awful lot. Um, and Daly again showed her quality. She's so hard to mark. So, so hard. Yeah. She's quality. Nobbs was, was very busy as well. Like she, she found space. Um, out on the left a good bit in the in the second half, which again the, the game just kind of opened up a bit and kind of made it exciting. It was pretty end to end. United were shading it obviously, and they were pushing more. But at any point, you kind of felt that Villa could nick one as well. So yeah, yeah, it was a, it's just a class game to watch. It really was yeah. like to watch Carla Ward change it, like bringing Jordan Nobbs out to the left, trying to create that space and um. Again, I'll just say it again, though. If United have a duel in their team and they're not using that, um, it's really strange for me because at the start of the season, we were talking about Onabaje, Onabaje, she's on the ball, she's on the ball, she crosses in, great assists. Um, and then they could start to use the left-hand side because teams were so focused on stopping Onabaje that they kind of overcompensated um, for her. And it just doesn't seem United have copped that like resource resource a little bit but yeah because it's a great game to watch even if they do like concentrate on down the right the odd time they get down the left Leah Galton will be in the box and she'll and she's quality. create something um she always does so yeah I think you're right I think she is the key if United are gonna keep in those Champions League places yep great to see Fermanian though getting yeah place. yeah <laughs> And great to see Diane Caldwell playing. That's also really a big bonus for us. So, yeah, just keeping our eye on the Irish players. First of all, don't get injured. And second of all... Rusha started for Villa. Rusha Rusha was... She had a great game, Hmm. Rusha. I thought she was quality in there. Yeah, Hmm. she was... Do you know, Rusha's just a... She's a baller. She's a footballer. The only thing with Rusha is she just lacked a little bit of pace. But I think she's been working on that a lot. So... And she really looked like a top, top player out there. So that was a really good thing to see. Mm-hmm. Yep. And final game, well, quick word for Man City 4, Reading 1. Uh, Reading looking in a lot of trouble now, but I suppose no one necessarily expected them to get a result against City at the weekend either. Shaw is now only four goals off Medina's record of 22 in a single season, which I think no one would be surprised if she broke or if Rachel Daly broke at the same time. I mean, she's on 17, so she's only one goal behind her as well. Uh, City for the title, Emma, still, still on that one? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't think they've enough games left, but if they did, they'd be winning the league. <laughs> I think so. I think they'd be winning the league. They don't have... Um, not sure they have enough time for that. I think Chelsea are very strong, you know, in that position. Um, it's all about the Champions League spots for the rest of them. I think Chelsea have won it and it's all about who comes second and third. That is going to be crazy. And I think we're going to find out about that on the 21st of May, basically. Mm-hmm where United play City and Chelsea play Arsenal. So that's when that's when that will all be sorted out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We may all need to take a couple of days off actually recording the podcast whenever that happens, just to recover emotionally and mentally for all our respective sides. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I need to take days off after my own matches. <laughs> I was going to say after the weekend, I'm not sure Karen is emotionally ready for anything just yet. So we won't make you think about it too much. No, go um, easy on me, girls. Go easy on me. <laughs> well, guys, thank you very much, especially Karen, for joining us after the stress that was your weekend. We do appreciate it. And any listeners out there, go go send Karen a little love. Make make her feel like there are people out there who are supporting her and cheer her on. And as Emma said, she can get back on that. Could be worse. Very worse. very you soon. Could, you could be Lotta. Honestly, that's, that's way worse. the only thing that's true. You know, being like, oh, I could have messed her something bigger up. So it's fine. Uh, well I'm glad we were here to impart a bit of our pain to the lesson you're paid in the whole thing Karen um, we will be back next week there is a match on Wednesday and the rest of all the fixtures are then over the weekend so we will have a full podcast with chat analysis and of course Emma Carroll's team of the week thank you all for listening and let us know any thoughts you have on Twitter or wherever you get your content from Koi Gig and yeah we will chat to you all next week The Koi Gig Pod on OTB Sports in association with Cadbury a player and a half deserves a glass and a half of support